0: My name is Brent. That's my name. But names don't really tell you much, do they? I've known two Jennas. One was this whiny, obnoxious person. The other Jenna, the one I know now, is the best podcaster I've ever known. Welcome to Phandalites, the weekly podcast where Jenna and myself read and review each Animorphs book in order. Uh, Today we're doing book number 23, The Pretender. This one opens with Tobias once again feeling torn about his Hawk lifestyle, much like he was in his very first POV book. There's another Redtail that wants to horn out on his territory. He isn't able to hunt without seeing himself as his prey. He ends up living off roadkill, which embarrasses the shit out of him when Rachel sees it. Uh, And to top it off, Someone's been asking about him at the school. He and the other Animorphs have to juggle figuring out if a long-lost cousin and letter from his quote-unquote real father are a Yerk trap. Uh, they have to balance that with finding a lost Hork-Bajir kid for Jar and Kat. The free hork Hork-Bajir join them in a raid on a Yerk ground-to-air weapon, and as it turns out, Arya, his cousin, is Visser three and Morph, and forgetting how human expressions work saves Tobias from getting found out. So, Tobias is Elfinor's kid,
1: Jesus, Goddamn Christ, Brent, that we could spend we could literally spend this entire episode talking about that mm-hmm. Do you want to start with that or do you want to circle back to it?
0: Let's circle back to it because I feel like once we start on that, we are just not going to get done.
1: It's just going to be so many outrageous noises coming from me, so let's <laughs> cer- yeah let's let's start at the beginning. Tobias eats roadkill in this book
0: uh, a couple of
1: times.
0: He very much hits rock bottom. You, he definitely uh. needs to be going into like a Nothlet's anonymous meeting.
1: <laughs> yeah, he not not okay. Not only does he eat roadkill, which okay, that's fine. I actually don't. That doesn't bother me quite as much as some of the other eating that happens in this series. But he has to pretend it's alive. And freshly killed in order to eat it, which is pretty grim.
0: Yeah, that's, he's internalized the hawk instincts to an alarming degree if he's upset about eating something that's already dead.
1: Yeah, especially because he, in this book, later on defending his roadkill eating to Rachel says something like, you just get meat from uh, a grocery store that's been dead for weeks, maybe. And that doesn't upset you. And like, Tobias, that didn't used to upset you either. Y- you so hired someone
0: that, else to break the bones.
1: It's, it's She's just so upset. It's fine. Rachel doesn't even seem to mind all that much. She's concerned rightfully so (laughs)
0: yeah but she doesn't
1: bring it up
0: she doesn't give a fuck that he's eating roadkill she's just worried about him because obviously he's embarrassed by it
1: yes and because she cares about them because they're like definitely they've got a thing you know
0: this is the book where they have come as close as they ever have to dtring
1: (laughs) and they're so close like it's uh it's palpable I, like, I really like the fact that he goes in sometimes when Rachel's asleep and does her homework.
0: Okay, uh, I I didn't think he went in and did her homework while she's asleep.
1: Yeah, for some reason that's how I read it. I'm glad that you didn't read it that way because it is kind of weird.
0: Yeah, that's a little weird.
1: Like the tooth fairy of essays.
0: <laughs> I have to admit the mental image of a hawk pencil and beak like <laughs> doing long division with its head sideways <laughs> is Incredibly entertaining to me.
1: It's pretty good.
0: Yeah, this is the 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 one where he's struggling at a certain point in this book with whether he should become a human nothlet of himself. Yeah, and says, you know, I'll I'll be a a human boy, but I'll lose the animorphs. I'll lose my whole life. And Rachel says, "You won't lose me," which is, ah, uh, ah, uh.
1: yeah. And like being being it, this book has proved that being a red tailed hawk hasn't saved Tobias from suspicion in fact, it made him even more suspicious to visitor three and the yerks
0: it, It's very strange there's just so many coincidences coincidences that lined up to to bring the entire weird yrk trap plot in this Jesus. um but we're we're strained very close again to God. to the- the Elfangor dynasty, so... Fuck.
1: Yeah, let's pull back and talk about... Well, okay, here's another big thing that we both got stuck on that I am so frustrated that Ka doesn't address in any way. If Tobias becomes human, which I think maybe at this point it's time, if Tobias becomes human, why can't they just give him the power? They have the Escafil device now. Thank why? you. Why?
0: Like, they obviously didn't disassemble and hide it because they were having David chase after Legos in the last book. They've got the fucking morphing cube.
1: Yeah, and there's no, there's absolutely no evidence to suggest that you couldn't give it to a Nothlet. Like, because they're, it's just their DNA has gone back. It's not like their body remembers that they had morphing and now you can't re-give them morphing. Like, the illimus did it, why not?
0: My, well, who knows what that crazy asshole is up to.
1: That's true. He's got all sorts of weird powers, so God only knows.
0: Like in this book, early on, Tobias says that David will never regain his morphine power, but like, the Elemist is out there, guy. Yeah. He's he's out there, and who knows what he's going to do.
1: Yeah, an Elemist. Wild card. This this Elemist, which is on their side, maybe there's another Elemist out there who wants to fuck shit up for them.
0: It's a whole Q-continuum type (sighs) thing.
1: But it just seems so... The fact that... They don't even really broach it. They don't even discuss the fact that they have this Escafile device. So why? Like, why?
0: The only thing I can think of about this is that it's a logistics issue. Because they discovered during the the last three books, the David Trilogy, that hiding, like, a human teenager who is meant to be disappeared is very difficult for <laughs> a group of human teenagers to pull off. And- as weird as it is that he would choose to stay, as unfair to Rachel as it is that he would choose to stay mm-hmm. as a hawk primarily, I have to imagine it's probably a little more comfortable to like sleep as a hawk in his tree in his meadow than to like chill in the hayloft of Cassie's barn and hope that her dad doesn't find him.
1: I would agree with that in every single book up to this one, because in this one, he's starving for like half of this book. Because there's another hawk has moved into his meadow and, like, he's not ready to, to to do what needs to be done to survive.
0: Even by the end of this book, he his solution to it is, frankly, I don't understand. I don't either. Because he, like, he kills the rabbit mom, but acquires her in the process and then morphs her and then leads the babies back into the burrow and, like, what?
1: Why? Why? And also, you can't do that the rest of... Like, okay, I assume it doesn't take very long for rabbits to mature, but also like, is that your next four months? is just... Because Cassie did that with the skunks, and that also ate up a lot of time.
0: Yeah, she almost got stuck as a skunk.
1: Yes, and it wasn't... It just doesn't seem... Like, why? I don't understand what that does emotionally for Tobias.
0: Also, whenever he comes out of the burrow as a rabbit, he has to worry about the other fucking hawk.
1: Yeah, he hasn't... He's just transferred like double paranoia on himself because the the other hawk will at least hold off until the right moment, but he's not going to hold off against an adult rabbit. He'll just eat that rabbit slash Tobias.
0: <laughs> Very strange.
1: I didn't get that at all. That seemed so weird to me. And I, oh, there is a part of this where Tobias is like, no, nope, that's it. I'm just going to become human again and we'll we'll fucking deal with it. And I really, I super wanted that to happen. <laughs> yeah. Especially after Rachel, because Rachel has this great speech about about the Romeo and Juliet of it all, except how Tobias is a bird, and she's a girl, and, like, that's kind of a relationship
0: bummer. Right? They can't bone down like that. Mm, no, they can't. They're teenagers, but thank you, Brent,
1: Very much wanting to talk about this very bad situation, and Tobias kind of doesn't. I think he actually bails.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he 100% bails.
1: Yeah, and even though it's the day before his birthday. ugh. I also thought, so there's... This book, I think, calls more attention to real-life issues like racism and uh, the fact that Native Americans inhabited this place and don't anymore. And uh, there's also a point, and and I read this and I made a note, but I could not find it again in the book where homophobia is a point of discussion. And I thought that was all interesting because we haven't really... Even in Cassie's books or Marco's books, we don't really see any sort of racism or, uh, like, instances of them living as non-white people in in, in the place that they do. But in this book, Rachel calls attention to it. She says, it's not like you're black and I'm white like Cassie and Jake. No one but a moron cares about that. And I thought that's, I was just surprised that K.A. was willing to mention that.
0: Just even as an afterthought?
1: Yes, even as an afterthought, because she hasn't up till this point.
0: Yeah, it's a little weird. It's interesting. I mean, I like it. I hope that she continues to go into that. Although maybe I don't hope that she continues to go into that because it has potential to get very cringy in a late 90s way.
1: Yes. I mean, we'll see.
0: Yeah, we'll find out. I don't
1: think I don't think she actually does at all. But I, I was just surprised that it came up so much in this book
0: we have a lot of scenes in this book where tobias has to morph his previous body yeah and it just is hilarious sad how terrible he is at being a human being <laughs> like he because he the whole setup is that his dad his quote-unquote real dad left a letter with his lawyer to be read on a specific birthday and he's got this long-lost cousin area, a.k.a. Abysser 3, who wants to, like, adopt him. It's, it's this whole thing where the lawyer's a controller and they're hoping to to rattle him into admitting that he's an Andalite bandit. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, the, the whole thing is buck wild. But, I mean, oh god, speaking of buck wild, that scene where he and Rachel are, like, skitching as birds on the cop car? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs>
1: That was weird, weird and unnecessary. But I like that. That's the sort of antics Tobias and Rachel get up to.
0: They're they really egg each other on.
1: Yeah, and we get we have a whole other section in this one, like we've had from Tobias in the past, where he's like, "Man, Rachel should really be like a hawk
0: (laughs) because she's like way more beautiful as a hawk." Which is so (laughs) strange.
1: It's sweet and awful.
0: Yeah, at the same time. But uh, getting back to it, like, yeah, he takes a sip of Coke and he's like oh shit i forgot about taste no wonder axe is so crazy about it all the time this is insane and like he he explicitly is trying to he's like screwing up his face trying to remember what surprised looks like
1: (laughs) yeah this book is a culmination of a lot of other very sad tobias stuff all really coming to a head with also the addition of, yeah, he forget he's forgotten what cold tastes like.
0: Yeah. Cause
1: he only ever eats. Hot, warm Hot blood. Yeah. Oof. So yeah, it's good that he and, he and Axe can bond over that from, <laughs> from here on
0: out. Yeah. I wondered if he, if he's going to go back to his meadow and have a chat with his sharm about taste and flavor. I hope
1: so. I would love for them to go and get Cinnabons together. <laughs>
0: They need someone there who's not going to lose their mind though.
1: Yeah. Well, Rachel can be their chaperone. Their their, their taste chaperone. God.
0: Can you even imagine?
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it a lot. That's a good fanfic uh, idea right there.
0: <laughs> um there's so at the early on in this book when he's hunting, he he like has a flash of himself as his prey and it knocks him off balance and he's kicked by a rabbit and the other hawk gets Uh, what he was trying to go for and it's not immediately clear whether this is just like his weird guilt at murdering and eating small animals or if it's some sort of Elemist bullshit Mm. because it could be or like like sanrio rip type stuff and because we've seen this happen before like this is not the first book where one of them has had flashes of themselves being in another place And it's not the first book where Tobias has had weirdness happen. So it's interesting to me that he once again, right after they're done with David, mind you, Mm. once again, just decides, well, I don't need to tell anybody else about this. Because they keep fucking doing it. And it's never the right choice, except I guess in this one instance. (sighs) That's a great point.
1: Yeah, when it when the first time it happened, I just assumed Tobias was having a breakdown. Because I I assume, I assume Tobias is just in one long breakdown because he's a hawk now. And that's a choice he made for himself. That was a bad choice. <laughs> but yeah, you make a really good point. Like there is established history of them having these sorts of weird flashbacks that turn out to be super important. And it doesn't this time, but he still should have told somebody. Yeah. Should have
0: told Rachel. Or Jake.
1: Yeah, or that guy.
0: You know the one who's the leader, whose orders they're all supposed to follow, except when they don't.
1: Yeah, and it's okay for
0: some of them, and others of them get turned into nothlets and put on an island.
1: Fuck. Well, they can't do that to. Well, they could do that to Tobias. They could get him stuck as a rat as well. (laughs) Double nothlet.
0: Oh man. We, we we meet up with the Free Hork-Bajir colony again in this, uh, Jarrah yeah. and Ket Halpak, and we find out where all the other Free Hork-Bajir that were hanging around in the H.J. Chronicles uh, came from.
1: Yeah, H-J. which is really important. It's not just that they're being extremely reproductive.
0: Right, right. They've been doing raids on Yerk <sighs> facilities and freeing other Hork-Bajir.
1: Yeah, which is... Uh... Good. I'm glad that they're doing that. I'm glad they're being proactive, but it is also kind of grim to see that they are as a species, at least this this knot of their species, is radically changed. Like, they know violence now, and there's really no going back.
0: Yeah, they there was no going back from that. Um, yeah. I mean, there, there never was.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. Especially Just after they've of...
0: been enslaved by Yerks.
1: Yeah, and have learned the things of the Yurks. I mean, they... they Still seem very simple in a lot of other ways like at one point one of the hork gives the speech about their future and how they're not going to leave their own behind and at the end of it he seems exhausted and Tobias is like well that's the longest speech I've ever heard a hork <laughs> give it seems really really took it out of them so it's like they're, they are changed in maybe the worst ways possible
0: yeah um, and they have thankfully a seer uh, in, in mm. this generation because Toby pretty correctly realizes that if the Yurks ever do finally get fended off then the hork have to deal with coexisting with the humans and the humans are not necessarily going to be like the best neighbors
1: yeah they need to have enough numbers to be able to sa- sustain themselves in case the humans want to imprison them or put them in zoos
0: or advertise them in their roadside show.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is 100% fair and a, a good forethought.
0: Yeah, yeah, they don't want to be all advertised as the razor midget. <laughs>
1: Jesus, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I really... Uh, I thought that scene was an interesting callback to other eco-terrorism that they've committed, because they, they are hesitant in this one at first to let Cassie know what has happened like Rachel and Tobias go in and they're like oh shit (laughs) Cassie will really fuck this place up if we tell her about it and first they're not going to Uh, but then Rachel sees a bear (laughs) (laughs) Rachel sees a bear that's been locked up and is like fuck all these fuck this place fuck all these people we're burning this shit down get Cassie we're gonna do this It's,
0: it's pretty amazing (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's really good. I like that. Yeah, I like I like how attached to her battle morphs or her morphs in general, Rachel gets because I feel like none of the other people other than Tobias, who is now a red tailed hawk, (laughs) none of them seem to get as like emotionally invested in their morphs.
0: It's interesting that you point that out, because that is a similarity that they have.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's surprising, like even Cassie doesn't seem to be that. She she loves all animals, not just the ones she has morphed.
0: Right, right. But Tobias identifies very strongly with the hawk, and Rachel identifies very strongly with her bear, and as we've seen previously, also her elephant.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which I really like. But yeah, that's a that's a, it's kinda of surprising that none of the other animorphs do that. Like not even Axe with his human morph. That would like,
0: be weird, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
1: If he became like a human furry.
0: Ah, uh, like like his brother.
1: Yeah, let's. Are we doing this?
0: I think we have to now. Yes,
1: it feels like it's time. <laughs> Fucking Alan Fangor, god damn.
0: <laughs> uh, I imagine him as like Doctor Alan Fangor, <sighs> PhD, Esquire the Third.
1: Yeah, I mean, he'd have to pretend to be like a. a physics professor because that's the i think a cover that's a cover that an andalite would think is really funny
0: right they think it's really funny and then they'd be teaching uh how gravity really works and (laughs) just really lose their job
1: (laughs) it's just so okay there's fucking alan fuck brent there's a lot about this that i think is so fucking dumb but the thing that I find most infuriating is that K.A. was clearly planning this from the start, because Tobias has a special connection with Alfangor in the very first book, and it, it's never really explained. I just always assumed that Tobias had just had an emotional connection with the idea of wanting to change shapes, which he
0: does. I mean, he's he, he was described as always being sort of like head in the clouds, and in much the same way as getting involved in a guerrilla war really freed Rachel to be the person mm. that she was meant to be, uh, I feel like he was sort of waiting for a close encounter of the third kind his entire life, and then it happened, and he was like, yes, this is it, this is what I have been preparing for.
1: Yeah, and I just assumed that was sort of what that was meant to be, but... Now I have to assume that (sighs) K.A. knew she was gonna do this the whole time and that that was a plant. But that's miserable, Brent. This is, it's so, it's so, it's such a shark jump moment for Tobias's dad. To be Elfangor in a human morph. And then Tobias just happens to be walking through the construction site that his dad,
0: it's bad, Brent. His real dead dad, not his fake dead dad.
1: No, his actual, his actual dead dad, who he never knew because the Illamist probably?
0: That's sort of what he implies. It's strange because um, when they started reading this letter in the lawyer's office, I immediately thought, oh, this is just part of the trap. They made this up. Yes, me too. Tobias takes it at face value for reasons that do not occur until he explains them. Primarily, why would they bother to lay this elaborate trap for him unless it was a real letter that they stumbled across?
1: Which doesn't... I mean... I... Yeah. I That also... I was so confused reading this because of that. And also, they get to the point... Yeah, they get later on, I was assuming the whole time that Tobias was trying to not react because it was so fucking dumb. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out he was trying to not react because it was true, and he thought, it's, thought it was true, and I guess it's true? I hate it, Brent. Uh,
0: I am not a fan either. There's so much here. Like, what genes did Elfangor appropriate <laughs> And then presumably he mixed a couple people together? Maybe not. Who knows? His mom's mind was like wiped. That's not okay.
1: Why was Fangor on the planet pretending to be human in the first place? Why was he doing it for so long that he knocked somebody up? Why did he do that? Why any of this?
0: If Alan Fengor fuck, could pass as a human long enough to fall in love and have a kid, Tobias' uncle Axe, because he's his uncle, <laughs> must God. really be a freak about flavor. Just a <laughs> real... I mean... <laughs> now Don't get me wrong, I fucking want to see this Alan Fangor, Tobias's unnamed mother meet cute romantic comedy where he's a her manic pixie dream andalite covered in chocolate who just... <laughs> Can't get over the deliciousness of Cinnabons or whatever, but somehow yeah. I don't think that that ends in like a relationship that Alfangor is so invested in. Obviously, yeah, and so that's invested That's a great in.
1: point. That's a great point, also, because Axe has had. A lot of time now to get used to taste, but he still pretty much freaks the fuck out about it every time he goes into the the human morph. In this
0: literal (laughs) book, he can't keep himself from, like, just messily devouring some sort of candy.
1: Yeah, so how long was Alfengor, or, yeah, no, you make a good point. I have to assume Alfengor wasn't on the planet very long, so, yeah, so I guess Axe just freaky, Brent.
0: Well, I mean, Elfangor wasn't on the planet very long. Like, you think you think it was just, like, a one-and-done thing?
1: I mean, I don't see any evidence why it wasn't. Although,
0: boy. I sort of assumed there was some Elimus time travel bullshit involved.
1: Oh, that could be.
0: I kind of assumed that, like, Elfangor was on the planet for a while hiding from the things he'd been made to do uh, <sighs> because of the war. And then the yeah. Elimus said, hey, Look, if you keep hiding here, this is the future, like he did to the animorphs, in um, fuck, how many books ago was it even? But you know what I mean. He she showed him the grim, dark future where uh Rachel has eaten Tobias for lunch, <laughs> and uh then said, look uh I, you know I don't interfere, I don't interfere with the affairs of less advanced races, but uh just this once. I can maybe <laughs> help you undo your decision to not Nothlet here on Earth.
1: Oh, you think? Okay. I like that. I was just assuming he was doing what Arya slash the visor does in this book, which is go back to his hotel room, I guess, every two hours, I
0: guess, to be demorphed. I mean, that's super obvious and noticeable. I yes. can't imagine that he was in a relationship with a woman long enough to impregnate her and like know about it and like leave a a letter for his offspring with his lawyer and like be real broken up about having to you know erase his existence and go back in time uh before himself I, i can't imagine that he did that while taking a break every two hours
1: yeah, yeah. I think that's a good point, especially, especially the fact that he leaves a letter with a lawyer, which really indicates a lot of foresight. It, it, it indicates to me that it wasn't just a wham-bam. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, he, that he's not just a man who fell to earth,
0: so to speak. Oh God, I'm really glad that you went there. <laughs> I'm very glad. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I didn't want to be the one who brought Bowie into this, but I'm glad that he. Was
1: I've been involved. thinking it the entire time. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no. The fact that there is a letter from the to to a lawyer to be read to Tobias is a good indicator, but also kind of sloppy because it's not like he gave that letter to the lawyer to give to Tobias. He gave it to the lawyer to read to Tobias, even though it has all this whack alien shit in it.
0: Yeah, that's weird as hell um he, we know at least he was on earth long enough to figure out what a lawyer is
1: yeah which i don't think ax probably X probably has not gotten there yet
0: ax i he is just really insistent on taking things in the most literal and ridiculous way possible
1: <laughs> yeah no i think i think i like that theory a lot uh and i'm not going to call it theory cuz canon more, and more canon than canon yeah, that's so canon i think that canon makes a lot of sense. Where Al, Alf, Alan Fangor, fuck,
0: we we are going to keep playing with that name like Axe plays with the word Cinnabon <laughs> because Jesus Christ, Alan Fangor, Jenna, Alan. are you sure that this Jesus. isn't the book that made you stop reading? Not the David trilogy, but this fucking book.
1: Uh, it, yeah, it, it almost made me want to stop reading now here if I hadn't already emotionally dedicated to finishing out this podcast because i so <laughs> fucking dumb, Brent. Alan Fangor.
0: I, I'm picturing young Jenna reading Alan Fangor and then just, like, shutting the book and setting it down and forgetting about this <laughs> entire series.
1: I mean, that's pretty much what adult Jenna did on the subway when she got to that point on her phone. She got to it and was like, Alan... Alan Fangor? oh,
0: Alan this fucking Fangor.
1: Alan Fangor. No, I like the idea that Alan Fangor is a <laughs> awful <inophilic>. Yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> that... That Al Fangor came human and was like, I'm gonna f- marry a person and we're gonna have a baby and this is just my life now. And then the Illumist was like, you done fucked up, kid. Here's what's gonna happen.
0: I mean, it, it's what we were saying... David should do the last three episodes if he actually wanted to, like, get away from this war and just yeah. live out a normal life is just go be a, a knothlet of a person. And yeah. Elfengor can't really um, go and retreat from this Sandalite society because the whole, like, the he's a war prince and the whole thing is known and his yurts and whatever. So he's just like, well, this little speck looks good. Let's just do that planet. They'll never get to there.
1: This would have had to have been like fourteen or fifteen years ago, which means it would have been before the Yurks landed. So, but Earth probably seems like a pretty good place to hole up.
0: Yeah, and the, part of the reason why I think that he there there's a, a weird element, time travel element here, is that everyone on in Andalite society that we've seen so far really thinks of Elfangor as honorable beyond reproach, and I don't yeah. think. That if he just fucked off to an alien planet and then come back, that they would be like, well, his name is so unbesmirched that acts you have to take the fall for re zeroing this.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great point, because if he if he were known to have more or less betrayed the war effort by fucking off to Earth and knocking some lady up, they probably wouldn't have cared so much about him taking the fall because he'd already been besmirched. That's some really good reasoning. Yeah
0: god it's just it's so fucking bizarre that you have to think about it a lot to 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 get your head around alan goddamn fangor fucking
1: alan fangor and the fact okay the fact that the fact i so this is so confusing because tobias doesn't have any doubts like tobias there's no point in the, the ending of this book where tobias is like is this real what is this and I just naturally assumed that it was a dumb trap. And he just naturally assumed that it was true. And it was true. So good good call, Tobias.
0: But oof. I mean, I, I think from Tobias's point of view, it makes sense that he just automatically assumed it's truth. Because from his perspective, he he wants it to be true, right? Like, he's yeah. never had family that gave a shit about him. His home life as a person... Was so bad that he doesn't remember his own birthday, and he hasn't been a hawk that long. Toby, uh,
1: let me Here's something. Do you think part of the reason his home life is so bad is that his mom t- has told the rest of his family that she was impregnated by an alien? Do you think there's? Do you think there's a chance that his mom? has some awareness and maybe told the rest of her family that she was knocked up by an alien. And so they're all just sort of like a crazy, she's a crazy woman and her kids messed up. Like you think
0: the mind wipe didn't take the, the Elemist mind wipe
1: might've been too late. I guess, I guess the, yeah, the Elemist is a pretty thorough operator. So Uh,
0: (laughs) shaking (laughs) my hand back and forth, sort of.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Um, no, that's a good point. Never mind.
0: <laughs> but no, I mean, like, he he's, he, I think maybe he, he wanted this all along. And so when he heard it, he felt like I, I've always known.
1: I wish he would have clued us in. Anytime up before the very end of this book. I would just, if there was just a little bit more foreshadowing.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, like I said, I can see why he automatically accepts it, because he's always wanted to be special. He's wanted, like, he's he's been a head in the clouds, uh, <laughs> f- fiction reading, like, dreamer, and he's always wanted something like this. And I, he's got such a shitty home life, why wouldn't he want his dad to be, like off saving the universe instead of dead well i mean i guess still dead but
1: yeah yeah
0: but yeah it is it's it's a real it's real fucking sudden
1: it's such a bizarre left
0: hook right the whole book is is tobias struggling with am i a hawk or or a human and and then just out of nowhere Turns out he's
1: not really either
0: his dna is fully human presumably or was I mean, there might be some some lycra in there, depending on what what Elfangor <laughs> integrated into his human morph.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ugh.
0: Yeah, it's just out of nowhere at the end of this book. It's like Alan Fangor. Uh, Fuck. Fucking
1: Alan. Come
0: Fangor.
1: on. They yeah, I just there were. I feel like there are opportunities where this could have been better foreshadowed, and so the fact that it wasn't, and you get to the end and it's so dumb, and you read it and you think no. This is the worst Vizzer 3 trap yet. And then it's not as bad. This is a bad one, Brent.
0: What occurs to me is the Andalite Chronicles were published before this. If we're going by publishing date, we haven't read them yet because chronologically they take place before the whole series and we wanted to start with book one. But when we do eventually read them, I wonder if we won't like actually already like find this out
1: that's an interesting point that might be the case i don't think that excuses the sloppiness of this
0: i'm just saying like there could have been foreshadowing that we just haven't read yet because it was published earlier than we're reading it
1: yeah that's that's fair i don't think you should i don't think as as a writing move i don't think it's fair to assume that people would like I think these the main core of these books should be able to stand up on their own without having to read all of the extra books
0: I'm trying to give Kay Applegate the benefit of the doubt here
1: Oof, and I appreciate that let yeah why don't we revisit this discussion after we read the Andalite
0: Chronicles yeah or uh, actually we don't know we may revisit this in the next book uh who am I kidding he's not going to tell all of the others this they don't talk no, they don't fucking I talk. Not.
1: Nope. I will, I just want to point out, I was skimming over the part where they talk about Alan Fangor just now. Because the memory of it, Alan, the memory of this scene, I feel like I didn't read it right. Like, I still feel like I missed something where they explain this in a way to justify it. But I I noticed something that I hadn't noticed before, which is that Vizzer 3 really expresses uh, a lot of respect for Elfangor, and I think that's a really good callback to the Horkbigeer Chronicles since we know that Visor 3 is kind of like an Andelite fanboy yeah. like he hates them but he loves them. <laughs> yeah. And so I think it makes sense that he I think this is a good callback that he's like man uh you know I we we were enemies but Al'fangor was pretty dope. I, just, I so. just wanted to fuck him. Yeah, he really did. Visor 3 just wants to fuck all the Andalites.
0: He's he's a freak. He's kinky.
1: I mean, no more kinkier than Mr. Dr. Alan Fangor Esquire.
0: <laughs> right, Fuckin who decided to be a full-time human and, and bone down with humans <sighs> in the tradition of Aldrea having a horc child. I guess this isn't the first time we've seen this particular yeah. brand of cross-species mating.
1: Which is weird because the Andalites, more than any other species, are the biggest dicks about how superior Andalites are. So I don't, it's so weird to me that they keep boning down with a lot of other species. I mean, I like it. I'm into it. Good for them. <laughs> That's a great use of their morph abilities, but like, <laughs> just seems weird.
0: Just an Andalite who fucks his way across the universe as every species possible is uh, our our new fan fiction side story, I think.
1: Absolutely. The Captain Jack of Andalites.
0: Yes, the Captain Jack yes. Harkness of Andalites.
1: The Jack Harkness of Andalites. All Andalites are a little Jack Harkness, if they're
0: lucky. I mean, I think except probably, uh, what's the one that Visser, that Esplan took over and is now Visser III?
1: I can't remember his name. Uh,
0: he's a big asshole.
1: Yeah, guy's such a dick. He wouldn't fuck any other species.
0: The only other thing I really wanted to <laughs> talk about before we end this one out, because we are running a little longer than we want to usually. Yeah. Real early on in this book, Tobias expresses that maybe... He's crazy and he's locked in an insane asylum and just hallucinating all of this. And I really hope that that's a book later mm. in the series, like the episode of Buffy where she gets the whammy and then like wakes up in a mental hospital and, and thinks that she's been imagining the whole thing. I, I, yeah. want, I fucking want Tobias to wake up at, in the beginning of one of these books because the Yurks have used some sort of alien holography technology <laughs> to fuck with his head. And he's a human boy in an, a mental institution. And Jake and Cassie and Rachel are other inmates. And Visser 3 is like the real strict, like, warden of the place. And <laughs> Chapman is like a real shitty orderly who's mean to all of them. I just, I, I yeah. want to read it.
1: And there's like a weekly event where they get to pet animals.
0: Yes, God, yes. yes.
1: Yeah, they all have, they have therapy, dogs. Homer, the therapy dog, the
0: therapy red hawk. Yeah, the therapy red-tailed hawk, therapy grizzly bear.
1: (laughs) That would be great. And we've got a lot of books left. So that it's possible. That could happen, Brent.
0: I want it to happen. I want it to happen so bad.
1: Did we talk about the very end of this book where Rachel has a birthday cake for Tobias because it's his birthday? Because it's very sweet because Tobias goes to visit Rachel because it's his birthday and she has a birthday cake for him and that's really sweet and then he blows out his birthday candles by flapping his hawk wings (laughs) which I have very conflicted feelings about.
0: I still think he's being extremely unfair to Rachel by insisting on remaining a hawk like all the time when they're hanging out.
1: Yeah it seems like it seems weird that he wouldn't become human so that they could enjoy his birthday uh-huh. like a real human couple. You
0: give her a hug.
1: Yeah, or high five her, you know, how romantic couples do on birthdays. Sure, yeah,
0: all all couples uh, on a romantic birthday outing, high five.
1: Yes. Uh, so it was just sort of like, Tobias, I just want things to work out for those kids. I don't think it's going to.
0: I have a pretty dim outlook on most of the kids in these books, to to be fair. <laughs> I don't yeah. think it's going to turn out real well for anybody.
1: No. Yeah, that's true. I just want, th- I want them to have some good times. But Tobias just refuses to not be a hawk. And I respect his choice. But poor Rachel.
0: I would respect it more if he wasn't so broken up about his choice to... I mean, he this is the first book since his very first pov book where he was real conflicted and wanting to like get it on with a female red-tailed hawk Mm. that like he seemed like he had sort of made peace with his dual nature and then this book it just all comes rushing back and he's just really throwing himself a fucking pity party about it at the beginning just hard and it's like bro you you can be a a human and you yeah. still got the fucking Escafille device. You don't even have to stop being an amorph, shithead.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot more egregious in this book than it has been in the first couple of books. Because, yeah, like, he's he, he's no longer stuck. He's making a choice to remain a hawk, even though he could be a human. He 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 won't attack this other hawk that is up on his territory, but he also won't choose another territory. Like, he doesn't have to follow his hawk instincts. He's a human. He can find other woods. Or he can become a human and go and get a fucking bag of chips or something. Like, he doesn't have
0: to starve, which he does in this book. Well, to be fair, <sighs> we still haven't established if eating in one morph, like, keeps you satiated in the next morph. Yeah. Because they always do seem to be starving when they uh, pop into a new morph. And like, obviously that we had this discussion about food volume and large morphs. And let's not revisit it.
1: But he's just he's making a choice.
0: Yeah, you're you're, you're 100% correct. He is at this point choosing to stay a hawk, but also being real mopey about it.
1: Well, he's refusing to do the things that a hawk would do to survive. But he also refuses to not be a hawk. So it's like, well, pick one, buddy.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Real disappointing. <sighs> it's a fucking weird ass book.
0: i s- Fucking Alan Fangor. Fucking Alan Fuck. Well, yeah, thanks for Alan? listening. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. Thanks for coming out, everybody. This is book 23, The Pretender. Next week is book 24, The Suspicion. The
0: Suspicion. Yeah. Um, hit us up if you've got questions or comments on fandelights.com at fandalites on twitter fandalites.tumblr.com fandalites at gmail.com uh thanks to dustin odell for the use of his music for our intro and outro you can find more of his stuff at dustinodell.bandcamp.com go check it out it's all pretty good if you're into chip tunes um (laughs) and i think i think that's it that's alan fangor
1: fucking alan fangor
0: until next time nostalgia is a drug (laughs)